again. Happy Mother's Day. I want to share with you some things that you will probably never hear a mother say. Never. And I got this off the internet, so it's got to be true. One of the things you'll never hear a mother say, how on earth can you see the television sitting so far back? <laughs> yeah, I used to skip school a lot too. Let me smell that shirt. It's good for another week. <laughs> Go ahead and keep that stray dog. I'd love to feed it and walk it every day. Maybe that's happened to somebody. You know, the curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. <laughs> Don't bother wearing a jacket. <laughs> the wind chill is bound to improve. <laughs> that's never going to happen. All right, here's some words of wisdom. Never let your mom brush your hair when she's mad at your dad. Okay. I don't know who wrote that, but I thought that was probably good counsel. Phyllis Diller wrote this. I don't know how many of you even know who Phyllis Diller is anymore, but she was like a comedian years ago. She said, I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford, and then I want to move in with them. <laughs> this one was anonymous. It says, Mothers of teens know why some animals eat their young. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was not sign. This was a guy got, uh, by a guy from Brian Hope. He said, his name was Brian Hope. He said, I asked my wife what she'd like for Mother's Day, and she said for me to drive seven hours east with the kids and then turn around and come back. Because <laughs> she just needed some time. <laughs> This mom wrote, I would like to be the ideal mother, but I'm too busy with my kids. <laughs> okay. And here's one on babies. First baby. At the first sign of distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. Second baby comes. You pick the baby up when her wails threaten to wake your firstborn. Third baby comes. You teach your three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing. <laughs> I know, it varies from child to child. Well, moms, you do a lot. You do a lot. And it's only right that you're thanked once a year. <laughs> no, I think, I think we should do it a little more often than that, okay? I think we really should. You know, you, it's a huge job. It is a huge job. I'm going to be going over one brief text today. It's a short text, but there's just a lot in it. And I'll incorporate uh, dads also. So, I mean, this is a... Anybody can glean from this. If you're not a mom or a dad yet, it's okay. You'll glean from this. This is good for anybody. Proverbs chapter 22. And it's about training children. They, they don't come self-trained. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Training children. Let's, let's look at this text and then, then we will pray that I don't say something that gets me in trouble. 
train a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, they will not turn around. Brief verse, but a powerful verse. There's a lot in it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, there doesn't have to be tons and tons and tons of words in a verse for it to be powerful. And Lord, this truth is just powerful. And I, and I ask that you'll help me just to share uh, the things that are from you. And that parents will be encouraged and strengthened as they have this job of raising children. And Holy Spirit, I just pray you'll take the Word of God and cause it to bear fruit in our lives to the glory of the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Training. Training a child is essential. Um, in the Hebrew dictionary, that word uh, train, it means to train or to train up. Okay, I mean, pretty obvious. To train or to train up. So I went to the just the English dictionary to say, okay, what does train mean there? Okay? And it means to teach an animal to behave in ways acceptable to people. That's what it said. Of course, it was talking about training animals right there, but I just thought it was kind of fun. I'll throw that out there. Teach an animal to behave in ways acceptable to people. I just like that. But pertaining to... Pertaining to people. To learn the skills necessary to do a job in training or teach somebody such skills especially through practical experience teaching them skills and especially through practical experience now it's not like we're trying to teach them how to do a job in life as parents we are trying to train children how to live life that's huge. Right, that's right. How do you right. live life? That's right. And there's all kinds of opinions out there. Goodness, there's tons of opinions. Lots of ways you can train your kids to live life. We had a neighbor, and their family, she informed us, that they were, they were training their kids to not believe in God. I mean, that was their goal. Because they didn't believe in God evidently been raised one of them in a Christian family and was just done with it. So they were training their kids not to believe in God. Others, we had a family next to us, they were training their children to believe that they would become gods one day. Okay, there's all kinds of ways you can train. We're just going to look at Scripture. We're going to look at Scripture today. Train a child in the way he or she should go. You know, there's another meaning for that word train. It means to train up, but it also is translated dedicate, which I thought was really interesting. Dedicate. Dedicate a child. Train a child. So what does dedicate mean? Just in the dictionary, to set something aside for a particular purpose. You're dedicating. Are we dedicating our kids for a particular purpose? We are. And another meaning for dedicate is to set something apart for a sacred purpose. 
Are we setting our children aside for a sacred purpose? A God-given purpose? You are raising your kids for a God-given purpose. It's huge. Train a child in the way he or she should go. In the way he should go. The Amplified adds a little bit more to that. I think I put it up there. Okay, there's the Amplified, which means it'll take a word, and it'll also show another aspect or meaning of the word, and they'll put it in there. So you can see these are all the ways this word could be used. Amplified says, Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. That meaning is also in there, too. These, every kid is different. <laughs> You know, they're all different. And there's stuff that God's put in them. So we do things differently as we're training them. My study Bible said this, In the way he should go is to do the training according to the unique personality, gifts, and aspirations of the child. Okay, so it varies. It varies. Kids are so different. And um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time, but I'm... I'm putting our kids in the message today. In pretty much positive ways. <laughs> our kids are so different. I mean, in your family, when you look at your kids, they're different from one another. They're, they're really different. Lindsay, we'll start with her. She's the oldest. <laughs> She's always loved to teach. Always. Teaching her brothers how to do stuff. She's just always loved to teach. And she's always been drawn to children. As she grew older, she's always drawn to kids. When Lori and I were doing children's ministries, you know, our kids were part of the team. They were part of the children's ministry team. And Lindsay was always drawn to the kids that caused trouble. She wanted to help them. She wanted, it's just always been in her. So if there's a kid that's kind of, you know, there's one we have to deal with, she's just always over there trying to help them and trying to keep, uh, you know, trying to keep them where they need to be and so on. It's just in her. It's just in her. And uh, she went on to get an elementary ed degree, loves to teach, loves kids, and it's led her to be the assistant um, administrator of, of the daycare here. That's just, just the way she's made Let's talk about Nathan. Nathan's not so much into kids. One Sunday night, at the end of a service, Nathan had been in the nursery. I don't know, he was three years old at the time. Probably three. And we go to the nursery, and he comes out, and he's not happy. And his words were, quote, Babies are of the devil. <laughs> Those were his words, and he meant it. I think it's affected him some ever since then. Okay. I'm sure he'll be a good father, but I don't know that he's going to be doing children's ministries over there. I don't know. But I needed to find out what caused him to assume that all babies were satanic in nature. So we found out that the snack that evening had been some fruit loops. And Lori deprived the children of sugar food for a long time. So they had Fruit Loops. 
and he had his fruit loose. And he set him down for a moment, turned his head, and a toddler took him. So he went back to get more fruit loops, and there weren't any left. It had scarred him. Our kids are different. They're different from one another. Nathan has always been a thinker. He just thinks. Okay, and then he's a communicator. And it's interesting. I mean, he thinks deep. I don't, I mean, I could do okay with him when he was younger, but now it's like, Nathan, it's just too deep. <laughs> we'll talk with somebody else that's deeper than me. I can only go so deep, and that's about it, you know? But he's a thinker. He's always thinking deeper, you know? And even as a child, I remember one day he was in a high chair. We had these play binoculars, just plastic play binoculars, and he got some water from the table and was pouring some in there and, and cleaning them because they needed to be cleaned, he thought. He didn't get all the water out. And then he went like this, and the water is running down his face. You know, if that had happened to me at that age, I would, oh man, what is all this? He just puts it down slowly. He looks at me and he says, that wasn't very smart. <laughs> All right. He feels directed <clears throat> into pastoral ministry, so he's going to college for that. <clears throat> Our kids are also different. Josh, he's not here to defend himself. He was always a doer. Just do it. Think about it a little bit, but then just do it. Because there's, oh goodness, you know, you, you, some of you have had kids like that. They're just, they're just doers. Josh, don't do that! And he likes things in order. So, I mean, when he was a young kid, you know, running around the house, he had speed. It was like either stopped or full board. You know, there was, and he's running and he sees the rug, he passes the rug and he stops and he straightens the rug out and then he runs again. It's like, wow, where did that come from? He's always been, he likes order and he likes to do things. And he ends up in the military. Okay, so. Not forever, but for now. He sent a Snapchat about a week ago. And I got it. And it was a, sh a short video clip. And I watched it. And <clears throat> you can see he's filming something. You can see his shadow. And he's out. It's just a path and grass and stuff. And where his shadow is, there's a snake going right by it. And it's a rattlesnake about this long. Okay? So I know it's fairly close to him. And he, and he said, look what I almost ran into on my run today. This rattlesnake. I thought, oh, that's cool. Lori hadn't seen it yet. So I asked her that evening, did you see the Snapchat that Josh sent? Said, no. So you got to watch this. She clicks. There is no smile on her face. <laughs> this look of concern. Just, <laughs> she gets, yeah, the spirit of mother comes over her, you know. Monday we call Josh, you know, it's our day to talk. Josh, I don't want you running out there in those hills anymore. I want you to stop running out there. And Josh, his response was, quote, uh, no. <laughs> Moms want to protect and keep them safe. And, okay, you want to defend yourself? Yes. Oh, she said, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. Our kids are all different. Your kids, they're different from one another. But the scripture tells us, train a child in the way he or she should go. Now, 
as as Lori and I embraced that verse as we're raising the kids, we weren't really thinking career. We weren't really thinking college. You gotta go to college. You gotta go. You know, we never told our kids they had to go to college. We said, you know, be good, you'll get a better job. That wasn't our main concern. Our main concern was always we want our kids to walk with God. That was always the biggest concern. And what's the way they should go? Walking with Jesus. That's the way they should go. That is the hugest thing. And we took it pretty serious. We weren't perfect parents. My goodness, we made our mistakes. Just look at our kids. <laughs> Listen, we made our mistakes. But we were really determined. We're not going to bring kids into this world and have the devil go. You know what I'm saying? Not that we have complete control over that, because you don't. But you, you can train. You can train. So, we did. We prayed a lot. When they were young, you know, when you could pretty much control everything, we were still praying, God, help our kids to know you. God, we want them to know you. We want them to walk with you. I mean, we prayed for our kids. as they got, We're praying for them now. We're saying some of the same prayers now. Oh, God, help them to know you. Give them that spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. Lord, help them to be strong in your word so they can overcome the wicked one. I mean, we pray for our kids. I don't care how old they get. You know, they're still your kids. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. It was part of our home that we read God's word every day with them. It was just part of our home. Now, they were Bible stories and kids' stories like that. But as they got older, and Lori, it was pretty much, she was taking care of this, uh, they, she was making sure they read the Bible themselves every day. It was part of the routine. What was the thing you said to the kids? That was when they were smaller. Don't want to say it. Not that I put you on the spot in front of everybody. <laughs> we had some routines. God's word had to be a routine. Listen, I wasn't raised in a Christian family. Okay, you can get, you know, you just get stupid. But I wasn't raised in a Christian family. But when I did get saved, it was God's word that was huge in straightening me out. Because I thought a lot of weird stuff, wrong stuff. You know, I was pretty indoctrinated by the world by the time I became a Christian. So I started reading God's Word because I needed to find out this God that saved me. I didn't even know Him. So I started reading to find out who He was. And His Word did so much in my life. And we thought, our kids have got to start that way. They've got to start reading God's Word, knowing His Word, because God speaks to them, and He helps them, and He corrects them, and He strengthens them. So God's Word was, you know, that was a big part of our training for the kids. Taught them to pray. God loves your children. 
even more than you do. But sometimes we, you know, we may, yeah, I know that's true. But it is true. He loves them even more than we do. And the enemy tries to get us to think we've got to protect them from God. He, he gets people in that place sometimes. No, you can trust. God loves your kids. He has a plan for your kids. We took them to church constantly. Well, sure, because you were on staff. No, it wasn't just because I was on staff, okay? <coughs> church was good. We loved taking our kids to church, you know, where they could worship God. and It was just good. Was it easy? You know when you have some of your best fights in the week? Sunday morning. Some of the best fights. I know some of you come in here smiling. But on the way here, there was stuff going on in that car. Don't you? I know. All right. I know. Arguments would flare up. It wasn't easy. Sunday morning, it's a battle. Getting kids to church on Sunday morning sometimes. All kinds of stuff comes up. Lori and I were irritated one Sunday morning. I remember this. I was probably impatient, whatever. We're driving to church. You know, and I'm irritated. Lori's irritated. Lindsay's in the, you know, in the, in the car seat back behind us. All three kids are there. But Lindsay, she starts singing. I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. I look at Lori. <laughs> okay, God, you got prophesied through our child. Okay, we got it, okay. It's not easy. But, but we're trained. Our kids, and we're, I'm not elevating us, I'm just being open with our kids never once in their entire life asked us if we were going to church. Never once. It never crossed their mind that we weren't. If your kids have to ask you every Sunday whether you're going to church or not, how are you training them? Okay? And I know that's a little stepping on toes. But listen, they... They never assumed there was anything except going to church. Does church save you? No, but you can get saved in church. Is church Jesus? No, but you can have some special times with Jesus in church. You know what I'm saying? Church is special. God does things when you get together in His name. We didn't want our kids to miss that. So, we love, we love taking our kids to church. We'd always ask them, what'd you learn in Sunday school? Something about Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes there wasn't much detail to it. But listen, I could ask you guys too, after a Sunday morning service, what'd you learn in church today? And you would answer, something about Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if it ever changes. Kids, you can't accidentally raise them for God. They don't accidentally turn out. You know, we can't let our kids raise themselves. 
it's getting more and more of a philosophy of that way that you need to let children express themselves and kind of, no, no. Yeah, they can express things. I'm not saying they can't express things, but we can't let our children raise themselves. What would you be like if you raised yourself? I know how selfish I was, self-centered. Raising myself, <laughs> you know? And you know, another thing too, if I'm gonna step on toes, I'm gonna get all 10 of them. I'm not just going for two or three, I'm going for 10. After church, now, I've only been a senior pastor here. In other places, you know, I was either going to church or on staff supporting the senior pastor. Okay, so after church on a Sunday, we never had roast pastor for lunch. Some of you say, what in the world is he talking about? Did you hear what the pastor said today? I don't know if I really agree with that. Why is he acting that? Why did they do that? Why did that happen? Why didn't he do what? Roast pastor for lunch. Never had it. Didn't even have roast church member. Man, can you believe what that person said today? Did you see the way they looked at me? You know what? Let's just poison. Why would we pass that on to our kids? Are we training them to not like church? Are we training them to be critical of people? No. Are there problems in church? Yes. Look at the person next to you. I say, there are problems in church. Because we're people. Sometimes we do things that we need to ask God's forgiveness for. But we didn't want our kids growing up critical of church and critical of God's people. Did things happen to us that were offensive? Sure. Did we ever do something to offend somebody else? Probably. <laughs> Phil didn't, but probably not. <laughs> we're training our kids. We wanted our kids. If there was somebody in church we were having a problem with, okay, because sometimes there can be conflicts, we wanted our kids to think highly of that person. We just wanted them to think highly of people in the church. So, if we had to discuss things, Lori and I discussed things, but it wasn't around the kids. So we wanted to we want a church to be special. We didn't want it to be critical. Train a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, they won't turn. You can do everything right, and your child still has a free will. You, you understand. Your child still has a free will. We do not have control over what they determine to do with their lives. We're molding, we're shaping, we're training, but they still have a free will. So, don't feel like you failed if things aren't turning out the way you really were headed. Don't feel like a failure. Just keep praying. And do what you can now. Okay? Today is the day the Lord gave us. Yesterday is gone. It's gone. Let's not be burdened down, bogged down with yesterday. It's over. Today. Today. There are some things I made a mistake with with the kids. 
I did. But okay, it's done and that's over. Today what do I do? Okay? I want to talk with the moms for a second. You moms are good at beating yourselves up. So many moms are so hard on themselves. I'm a terrible mom. I'm a terrible mom. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your husbands don't want to hear that. God doesn't want to hear that. Do you need help? We all need help. But don't beat yourself up. See, my second point, which is going to be so much shorter than the first one. The second point is this. Don't try to do this job by yourself. Well, I'm a single mom. I still mean, don't try to do this job by yourself. Because there is someone who is right there to help you. So I'm not talking about the husband. I'm hoping that's an answer also. And I'm hoping that's an answer also. But, raising children is a job bigger than us. I want God's help. I need God's help. And He so wants to help. He wants to. Well, it's too late. No. The devil says it's too late. God says, just bring me in. I wasn't raised in a Christian family. My dad taught me to work hard. I've been a hard worker. He taught me how to treat your wife and get in trouble. And I learned that. My first few years of marriage were very difficult because I was very much like my father. Had to learn some things. I didn't know how to treat a wife. Because my dad didn't know how to treat a wife. And I imitated him. I thought it worked fine at home. Mom didn't think that, I guess. So who am I going to learn from now? God, please show me. Please show me. It's not too late. My kids are grown. You know what? It's not too late. What do you do now? Just do it now. God is still God. God is God. I've told this story so many times, you could probably tell it to me, but I I thought that, you know, I grew up in a family where sarcasm was, was, was humor, you know what I'm saying? A slam was another way of saying I love you, okay? it's the home I grew up in, <clears throat> so I, when I dated Lori, I didn't treat her that way, but once we were married, she's just part of the family now, okay, so, so I started treating her that way, she didn't like it. And I didn't understand it. One day, well, we'd been married a few months, she was mad at me. And I just said, man, God, I don't know what to do with all of this. I'm just going to spend some time with you, God. I'm just going to spend some time with you. I went into the living room. I just, I don't always kneel to pray, but I knelt to pray. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I'm not going to listen to anything you say. <laughs> and I wanted to rebuke the devil. Okay, but I knew it was God. It was not an audible voice, but it was a very clear, distinct thought. I'm not going to listen to anything you say. Well, now I can't even pray to God. <laughs> and then he said, you straighten that out with your wife. And then we can talk. 
So I got up, <coughs> humbly. Lori, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, God is for your marriage. I didn't know how to treat a wife. I hadn't been taught how to treat a wife. But God was going to show me how to treat a wife. Listen, God loves us. My second point, if you've lost the track of it here, let's see if I'm better up here. Don't try to do the job yourself. Don't try to do it yourself. It's too big of a job. I just want to <clears throat> finish with John, John chapter 15, some things that Jesus said. This is really important. So, so let's look at his words. There they were, sorry. They're right there. I'm going to change it for just, because it's Mother's Day, I'm going to change it just a little bit. Moms, remain in me. And I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Moms, you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Mom, if you remain in me, and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. Now remember, moms, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you want God results, you've got to bring God into it. I can get my results all by myself. I've kind of learned that I don't really like the outcome of that stuff. But God results, I can't get by myself. I've got to bring God in. God, I don't know what to do. But I want to do what you show me. And sometimes we already figure out what he needs to tell us. And then what he does tell us is completely different. God, you need to speak to my wife about being late all the time. Uh, you know what the problem is? You are impatient. He told that to me Sunday morning before church in the Dodge minivan. <laughs> I'm sitting in there waiting for Lori. She's always late. I guess we had some kids too that might have something to do with it. <laughs> And I am out there justifying because I am ready for church. And it's obviously, you know, who's going to make us late is really obvious because I'm already out here ready to go. Any of you guys been dumb enough to do that? Okay. I hope not. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Mike, the problem is not glory be. The problem is that you and again, I wanted to rebuke the devil. But I knew it wasn't the devil. That moment, that day, I mean, it's very, very clear to me. I said, okay, God, the issue is my impatience. Help me. And you know what? Instead of blaming somebody else, okay, it's my impatience. Help me. And God just started working on stuff that needed to get worked on. Because now I wasn't blaming anybody else. I was owning it. But I was going to God because I needed His help. And He helped me. 
And as he was helping me, it was amazing. It's like Lori was just, she was more on time without me saying anything. Sometimes God will bring people together because he needs to work on stuff. God, get rid of my neighbor. My neighbor is such a pain in the neck. I know. I moved him there. <laughs> now let's work on some stuff. I'm trying to bring some stuff out and you just keep ignoring it. I'm going to move another neighbor in. One on each side. It's because he loves us. He loves us. John 15, 7. Moms, dads, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, embrace my words. Embracing God's word is not just knowing it. Oh man, I know the scriptures. I don't do them, but I sure don't. No. No. It's knowing them and by the grace of God, walking in them. Okay? If my words... If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. It'll be given to you. God is for us. God is for us. So training a child is essential, but don't try to do it by yourself. And don't say it's too late. Today. Today. What do you do now? <clears throat> um... I'd like you to close your eyes. And uh, I want to give people an opportunity. Because there could be people here this morning that, you know, you don't even really know God. You don't know Him. And yet He's working on your heart. Trying to bring you to Himself. You don't have God's peace. You don't have peace. If you were to stand before the Lord and He said, Why? Why should I let you into heaven? You wouldn't really have an answer. I want you to know today that there is an answer. You need a Savior. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth, lived the perfect life, which you and I didn't. And then Scripture tells us that he allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. And while he was there, all of your sins and all of mine were put on Jesus. Scripture says he died for our sins. He was punished for our sins. And then God raised him back to life with the promise, if anyone will receive Jesus as their Savior, realizing they need a Savior, then Jesus will come into them, raise them to a new life in God. It's not just trying to be better. It's a new life in God. He gives you a new life. With Him in you. I did that at 18. God, I need a Savior. And He saved me. He came, he came into my life. <coughs> And now it's been a life of walking with God instead of a life of being afraid of God. This morning, the Lord offers that. 
if you need Jesus, you may not understand all of this, but you know, I need a Savior. I'm not good enough to make it to heaven. I need a Savior. I'm going to pray with you today. You need the peace of God. You were created to walk with God, not be separated from Him because of sin and then judged by Him when you die because of sin. He wants to save you. If you need a Savior, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you today. All right? Anybody else, raise your hand. I want to pray with you today. You need Jesus as your Savior. Okay. We're going to pray. It's not a religious thing. You are going to admit that you're a sinner, that you need Jesus as your Savior to come into your life, and you will receive forgiveness and a new life of God. Okay? We're going to do that. There's one other thing that I felt impressed to do. Be <clears throat> for moms. I want this to be a special day for you. But some of you, it's like the devil has been beating you up. I mean, when you think about being a mom, you just always think of your flaws and how you fall short and how you can't do it. And, and you, you, you just you feel like a failure. That's not God. That's not God. Scripture says that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. He's always accusing them of falling short. Always accusing them. And God wants to set you free. He, he wants to set you free. Those are just lies of the enemy. And he wants to help you. everyone to stand and for the worship team to go ahead and come to the front.